Uh, 16 years ago, I found myself in one of the most dangerous situations that I have ever been in my life. It started with heading to the border of Iowa and Nebraska. I went to college in Minneapolis, headed to the border of Iowa and Nebraska for the wedding of two good friends of mine from college. Um, I was in the wedding as a groomsman, and I had ridden to the wedding with some other friends who were also in the wedding. We got to the location in time for the rehearsal, and it was a really pretty spot for Iowa and Nebraska. It was a, a country wedding out of, out of a big, beautiful farmhouse. It was, it was a really pretty spot, but it was mid-July, which meant that it was incredible hot and incredibly humid. I, I will never forget the day of that wedding. It was 105 degrees um, by noon and it was 98% humidity. It was one of the hottest, most humid days of my life. And the thing that I will always remember about that wedding and the reason I remember how hot it was is the wedding was at five o'clock in the afternoon, but we had to be in our full tuxes and ready for pictures by noon, five hours before before the actual wedding. I don't remember why that was the case, but we had to be in our tuxes five hours before the actual wedding. And so we're in our tuxes at 12 o'clock. The wedding started at five o'clock. And let's be honest, it was supposed to start at five o'clock. It actually started about 5.45 because brides have a difficult time being on time. And so we were in our tuxes for almost six hours before the wedding even started out in this 105 degree weather on this farm. No, no real actual air conditioning in any of the buildings. It was, it was incredibly hot and incredibly miserable. And that's not yet the dangerous part. I mean, we were probably all at risk of heat stroke and dehydration and all of that, but that wasn't why this was so dangerous. We had planned, the, the people that I had ridden out with, we had all planned to stay the night on Saturday and to, and to drive back then the following day on Sunday. Um, and, and because of how hot it had been and because of the lack of air conditioning and how much I had sweat and how uncomfortable it was, I decided that I wanted to go home that night. And I found this group of three guys that had, had, had driven out from Bible college and they were heading back Saturday night and they had room for me to go with them. And so I asked if I could go with them. They said, absolutely, you can go with us. And so about midnight, we all loaded into their car. It was a relatively small car, but for four guys, for four guys it was fine. Um, it was a relatively small car. And when I got into the car, that's when things started to get really dangerous because that's when I found out the rules of this road trip. Here were the three rules of this road trip. We go fast, everyone drives, and we don't stop for anything. We go fast. That was one of the rules. We go fast. Everyone drives and we don't stop for anything. We don't stop for anything, meaning we don't stop for bathrooms. We don't stop for to get gas. We don't stop to change drivers, even though everyone's, every, everyone is going to drive. It, let me just tell you, it took seven and a half hours for us to get from Minneapolis to the border of Iowa and Nebraska. This, when I say we go fast, here's what I mean. We got back in five hours. We cut two and a half hours off of this trip. Like, matter of fact, like my turn to drive came and I was only going 10 miles over the speed limit and I was only allowed to drive for 20 minutes because I wasn't driving fast enough through the darkness, through the back roads of Iowa. I mean, this was, this was crazy. Again, everyone would take a turn driving, but again, we would not stop. That was the rule. We would not stop, which meant, and this was the really, really, really dangerous part, we would switch drivers while the car was moving. And again, we were going really fast when we hit the interstate. I know for at least some of the guys were driving 100, over 100 miles an hour. And when they told me we would switch drivers on the interstate without stopping, 
I was like, hey guys, that seems dangerous. Like we can stop. Like we, like we can stop for one minute to switch drivers. And they said, oh no, 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 we've got a system. Now, when they said we've got a system, what I heard was, oh, we've really thought this through and we've got a plan and we know what we're doing. This is going to be very, very safe. What I should have heard was we are so dumb and so reckless all of the time that we've become numb to the, to, the, to the danger and we just do stuff that feels ridiculous all the time. We don't even care about it anymore. That's what I should have heard. Literally, here was the system. Here was the system. The, the driver would wait until they, until they found what they believed to be a nice straight stretch of road. Then they would put the car into, into cruise control. The person in the passenger front seat would hold the steering wheel while the driver would unbuckle, move, to the back so that and then and then move to the part right behind the driver's seat so the person in the in the back right seat could switch up to the up to the driver's seat and get in in, in, in position get buckled take over the control of the road I mean it was absolutely ridiculous and then after that that switch happened everyone else would switch places so that we could be in position for the next transition it was it was unbelievable I mean like there was at least five times where where we ended up on in in the in the wrong lane while that switch was taking place there was another couple times where 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 we would you know the it was like oh we're on a straightaway we're on a straightaway and by in, in middle of the time where 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 the transitions were taking place we were no longer on a straightaway and the road was curving and a person in the front driver's seat you know front seat not driving it was holding the wheel, trying to curve and trying to turn. I mean, it was absolute, it was an absolute nightmare. I have never felt so in danger in all of my life. It was, it was, it was unreal. All, all of that happened because I got in a car. I decided to get in a car with a couple of Bible college guys with a reputation for being dangerous and reckless. And I didn't know them all that well, but I knew their reputation and I decided to get in the car with them anyway. I was a little too casual with my life. Now, last week, last week, we began this series, Future You, by asking a big question, introducing a really great question that all of us can and should ask ourselves again over and over and over and over again. And here's the question. What does future you want current you to do? What does future you want current you to do? What does the future version of you hope that the current version of you will do? That to honor God and to live the best version of our life that we can live and to actually build the future that we hope to hope and dream and pray for, we have to walk in godly wisdom. And that starts with understanding that life is connected, that today's choices establish tomorrow's realities, and that we should make every choice, face every circumstance, face every momentary opportunity with an awareness that today impacts tomorrow, and that what we choose today determines who we'll become and the world that we will live in tomorrow. So we said this, as, as, we, prom as we promoted this series, we said that tomorrow's version of you would like a word today, would like to talk to you about your decisions today, would like to tell you a few things about the way that you live today, um, would like some input on your choices today. And today, with future you and with future me in mind, I want us to talk a little bit about the choices that we have and the choices that we make when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our friendships, when it comes to the people that we allow to influence us, when it comes to the relationships where we ask for input and where we ask for advice, the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. I want to talk about our choices when it comes to people for a little bit. With that in mind, here's a tension that we should all acknowledge 
about ourselves. We rarely choose our relationships. We naturally gravitate towards relationships of convenience. Right? We rarely choose our relationships. We naturally gravitate towards relationships of convenience. I mean, that's one of those truths that we don't actually want to think about, right? Right? That like, like I know none of us want to actually acknowledge that, but for most of us, if not all of us, in our relationships, we tend to behave like water and we flow to the whatever relationships are easy and convenient. I mean, it begins, let's talk about, it, it, it begins, it begins when, you, when you're born and your first friends are your cousins. If you have family that lives relatively close by, some of your first friends are your cousins because cousins are around, right? You don't think about what your cousins are doing or who your cousins, like, because you're a baby and, and you're a toddler, but your cousins are your friends because your cousins are around. It continues when you're a toddler and your first friends are the kids of your parents' friends, they're not, you don't, you don't choose your friends. Your parents choose your friends by who they hang around and they have kids. Like, like again, because they are around. It keeps going into elementary and middle and high school when your best friends are the people who are nice to you, right? I mean, like, which, which is natural that we would want to be friends with the people who are nice to us. Like, so that, so that we, so we naturally gravitate towards the people who are already nice to us. We don't necessarily seek them out. We don't choose them. They're nice to us. And that's how we, and that's how things get chosen. And that's, and that's fine, but you don't necessarily spend a whole lot of time thinking about your friends. It's just whatever comes easy. It's just whoever the relationship comes easiest with. And that's fine. And that's fine up until about middle and high school to not really choose your friends, but to have them be chosen by your environment and by which class you're in and all of that and who your parents are friends with and all of that. But at some point along the way, if you don't learn to choose your relationships, to choose your relationships, your life will end up being defined by the fact that you gravitate towards convenience, not health. Your life will be defined by, my life will be defined by the fact that we don't choose our relationships, that we don't choose our relationships. We actually let them happen by convenience, not choosing them based on health. If you wonder what it looks like to gravitate towards convenience instead of choosing health, here's what it looks like. We gravitate towards relationships of proximity rather than priorities on proximity rather than priorities. Isn't that true? In that, 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 this is why some of us, the people that we are closest to, the people that we confide in the most, the people that we end up receiving advice from are people that we work with. They're our neighbors because they're around. And again, there's nothing wrong with having friends at work. There's nothing wrong with having friends that are neighbors. But if that's the, the only people that you ever confide in are just the people who happen to be around you the most without ever thinking about where their advice is coming from, without ever thinking about if their advice is actually good, but without ever thinking about if their input actually lines up with what you believe to be true in, in the world, what you believe to be true about God and how God ordered the Like, if you're thinking only of taking advice from people because they're close, that's proximity, not based on their priorities and whether their priorities line up with your priorities, I'm telling you, that's choosing convenience over health. You're choosing close over character. Here's another thing it looks like. It looks like that the fact that we gravitate towards friendships based on acceptance rather than alignment. Based on acceptance rather than alignment. I mean, like, isn't that true? Like, all of us, we are acceptance 
magnets. This is why in elementary and middle school and high school, you became friends with people because they accepted you, because they liked you, because they were nice to you. We naturally gravitate towards those who accept us as we are rather than gravitate toward those who align with our values, align with our life's direction, align with our faith, align with who we want to become, align with who we hope to become. This habit, again, it starts in middle school and it can come back to bite us because those who accept us most easily don't always have what's best for us. And, and, Let's be honest, you know this. Those of us, those who accept us quickly often only continue accepting us as long as we conform to their ideas of who and what we should be. The acceptance is quick, but it doesn't last unless we actually match up to what they want and who, we, who they want us to be. Here's the third thing this looks like. We gravitate toward fun over future-focused people. We gravitate towards fun people over future-focused people. Again, this is what we so often do, right? We naturally gravitate toward the people who are really fun to be around. Duh. Like, of course we do. Of course we do. We gravitate toward the people who are really fun to be around. And that's fun. That's why we do it. But it's fun to be around. It's, it's fun to be around fun people. But the problem is that a lot of times fun people are really fun in a moment, but what's fun in the moment costs us in the future. What's fun in the moment costs us in the future. They're fun at the sake of being future focused about thinking about the future and, and thinking how things might impact us in the future. To echo something I heard a few weeks back, here's something that I think is so true. Most of us are relationship consumers, not relationship cultivators. And, and, and when, when you're consuming, you consume you, because you want what, what you can get out of a relationship, what you can get from another person. And when you're consuming, I mean, let's be honest, I'd rather consume fun. I'd rather consume acceptance. I'd rather consume ease. I'd rather consume flashy. I'd rather consume attractive. I'd rather consume I look good when I'm around them. Like I choose, it, I choose those in proximity because it's easy. I, like when I'm consuming, I want ease. Like, like, I, like I consume because it's convenient and, and cultivating relationships of alignment and relationships that match up with my priorities and relationships that are future focused, that requires work. Cultivating requires work, which is why we don't do it. And here's the thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be accepted. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the people in proximity to you. And there's nothing wrong with having fun. The problem comes in that we often embrace these relationships blindly. And we blindly go in thinking, 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 or without thinking of what can happen as a result of these relationships. See, we think we'll hang with the people in proximity and hang on to our priorities. We think we'll choose acceptance while remaining aligned with the things that matter to us. We think we'll hang around for the fun, but we will remain future focused. That we'll remain focused on the future, thinking about our future. And that might happen for some, but let's be honest, it doesn't happen for many people. This is why Paul, this is why Paul wrote this incredibly strong verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. He said, do not be fooled. Do not be fooled. There's that interesting word. Do not be Fooled. Do not be foolish. Do not be a fool. Do not be fooled. Bad companions ruin good character. 
that when we surround ourselves with people who are, are around because they're fun and around because they're, they're close and we have proximity and, and surround ourselves with people who accept us without thinking about what, what and who they actually are and where they're actually leading us, we accidentally allow ourselves to be fooled and we allow ourselves to become people who, 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 are, who are led astray. This is, this, this, is what, what, this is Paul saying, this is Paul saying what your mama said, what your daddy said, what your grandma said, what your what your tia said. Like this, this is this is Paul echoing what you have heard so many times throughout your life that you become like the people you spend time with. You become like the people that you spend time with. And here's the thing: when they said it, you resisted it and ignored it and said they were being ridiculous and they were just saying that because they didn't like your friends. And while you were busy ignoring and rejecting the idea, you were also busy picking up the way they talked and picking up their habits, and watching what they watched, and spending time doing what they did, and thinking like they did, and making decisions like they make decisions. And what you picked up from them didn't really change until your friendships changed. Your friendships changed. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you were God and you loved you the way that I believe God loves you and you knew all of that about our friendships and you knew all of that about relationships and you knew that that was the potential that comes with every relationship we choose to get into, what would you say to you about choosing your relationships? What would you say to you about the people that you get in relationship with? What would you say to you about your friendships? What would you say to you about this incredibly important arena of friendships and relationships. The great, the great news for every single one of us is that we don't have to guess that God has actually spoken really clearly in Scripture about how we're supposed to approach relationships and how God would actually want you today to handle relationships so that future you doesn't end up paying a price that you don't want to pay. Uh, when, I, when I say God has speaking really clearly in scripture, God actually spoke incredibly clearly through a man named Solomon. Solomon is, is a man that we believe and scripture tells us is one of the wisest men who ever lived. He was a king of Israel. He was one of the greatest kings of Israel as far as building and developing the nation. He wrote many of the songs. He wrote almost the entire book of Proverbs. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He wrote the song of Solomon, which you shouldn't read until you're married. And it's great, but like Solomon was full of incredible wisdom. And when it came to relationships and friendships and who we allow into our lives, Solomon wrote two incredibly powerful pa passages, two incredibly powerful verses of scripture that I want to read today. So here they are. The first one comes from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, I, I have preached this verse multiple times in our church. I actually think I've preached this verse multiple times in the last year. So if you've been watching online, you have heard me talk about this verse. I'm not going to get into incredible detail, but there's the obvious stuff that I've said every time I've preached about how people who walk with wise people, they become wise. And people who hang around with fools, they don't become fools necessarily, but they suffer always. People who hang around with foolish people always suffer the consequences of being around foolish people. That's all true, but that's not what I want to focus on and zero in on today. What I want to focus on is that very first word of the verse, the word walk. Wherever, you're, wherever you are watching from right now, would you say walk? Ready? One, two, three, walk. In the Bible and in the Old Testament specifically, walk is an intentional 
choice, is an intentional choice. You can move, you can drift, you can follow casually, but you walk intentionally. You walk intentionally. It was an intentional choice to walk with someone. So just as much as Solomon is giving a warning about where our friendships can lead us, he is giving us a valuable instruction to intentionally choose who we surround ourselves with, to intentionally choose to walk with the wise, not to be a companion of fools who just happens to drift into foolish relationships and suffers the consequences. And as if that wasn't clear enough, Solomon spelled it out with absolute clarity in another part of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, Solomon wrote this, the righteous choose their friends carefully. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So you want clarity about what wise people do versus what foolish people do? Solomon makes it crystal clear. Righteous people are not righteous people on their own. Righteous people are people who choose carefully, choose intentionally who they surround themselves with, who they allow as a voice of influence, who they go to for wisdom and for advice. I mean, Solomon says righteous people, they cultivate relationships with people they want to become like. And in doing so, over time, they end up becoming like those righteous, wise, loving, godly people. This is what righteous people do. This is what wise people do when it comes to their relationships. They choose carefully. They choose carefully. And he counters that by explaining the flip, the flip side, that wicked people, they don't start off wicked. They just don't intentionally choose anything or anyone. They, they, they didn't choose wickedness. They didn't start off choosing a path of wickedness. They just didn't choose anything. The way of the wicked isn't to choose wickedness, it's to choose nothing intentionally. They let relationships be all about convenience and ease and acceptance and it's and fun and it's easy while they're being led astray. While they're not choosing anything intentionally, while they're not choosing anyone intentionally, it is easy, but it is easy while they're being led astray and it's easy while they're being led away from the things of God. So, so, with all of that in mind, what might future you want to say to today's version of you when it comes to your friendships and your relationships? Here's the bottom line. Future you wants current you to choose your relationships wisely. And if I could just land on one word, future you wants current you to choose your relationships, to choose your relationships, and to choose your relationships wisely. Future you wants current you, wants today's version of you, not to just simply settle and, and, and flow into the easy, convenient relationships, not to choose proximity because proximity is easy, not to choose fun because fun is fun, not to choose that acceptance because accept, acceptance feels good, but to actually choose our relationships, to choose who we will spend time with, to choose who we will allow to be a voice of influence towards us, to choose who we actually go to for advice, to choose who we, who we you know, unload to, to choose who we allow to be a voice of influence around our family and around our marriage and about, around our finances, to choose 
our relationships. The future you wants you to choose your relationships, not flow to relationships built on convenience. The future you wants you to be intentional about who you surround yourself with. Future you wants you to be careful, not casual about who is around you. Future you wants you to choose wisely who influences you, not to be thoughtless about who influences you. Future wants you to surround yourself with people who will be good influences on you and with people who will speak life and give good advice and counsel at the pivotal moments of your life. Future you wants today's version of you to choose your relationships wisely. That's what future you would like to say to today's version of you. The future you wants today's version of you to choose your relationships wisely. So two questions to help you do that. Two questions to help you do that. Who does future you want you to be in relationship with? Who does future you want you to be in relationship with? There's, there's this, an incredible book I read about a decade ago by a man named Tom Rath called Vital Friends, called Vital Friends. It is not necessarily a Christian book, although Tom Rath is a Christian who has influenced leadership culture all over the world. It was researched and written to help determine and identify what friendships look like for most people and what is actually most helpful in friendships for People. His book wanted to move past the generic idea of friends because let's be honest, we throw around that word like it's like, you know, like the same way we were throwing around love. I love pie and I love my mom. I don't love those two things in the same way. A friend isn't always a friend. That, that, that it wanted to move past that generic idea of friendship um, to, the, to, the, to understanding the most vital friendships that we can and should have. And so I want to share his list of eight friendships that you need, eight types of friendships that you need, because it's a it's good. It's a list of a lot of what we should be seeking to cultivate and develop in our lives. Just about every one of these vital friendships you could find backed up by scripture and backed up in Proverbs specifically. And I'm not going to go into depth about, about this list because I think the list is pretty, pretty self-explanatory, but here's the list of vital friends that Tom Rath says that you need. He says you need a builder, Someone who always is always pushing you towards the finish line, that you need a champion, a friend who stands up for you and what you believe in, a collaborator, a friend who shares similar interests and passions and is willing to work alongside of you to, to accomplish common, common goals. You need a companion, a friend who's always there for you. These are often the first people that you call when something big happens in life. You need a connector, a bri- or someone who's a bridge builder who helps you, point you in the right direction and helps to widen your circles. You need an energizer. These are the fun friends who always gives you energy boost and break you free from ruts. Again, he actually says you need fun friends. You need energizers, you need, but that can't be the only friendships that you have. He says you need a mind opener. They broaden your experiences and your perspective on life. And he says you need a navigator. People who give you good advice and keep you headed in the, in the right direction. And that's a great list. Like over the last 10 years, as I've tried to pay attention to that list to make sure that I have those relationships, as friends have, have moved away, as, as I've moved, like to make sure that, that these friends are, that these are friendships that I've developed in my life, this has made me stronger. This has, this has, has made me a better person. This is a great list. This is a fantastic list. And if you cultivate that list, I think you will have some really healthy relationships. But there's two, there's two that Tom Rath didn't include in his list that I think future you wants you to include on your list. See, future you wants you surrounded by people pursuing Jesus. 
Future you wants you surrounded by people who are pursuing Jesus. Not perfect people, not flawless people, but people who are doing their best to discover what it is to follow Jesus and to live that out to the best of their ability. So if it's true that we're, because if it's true that we are shaped by the people we spend the most time with, if we want to live pursuing Jesus, it is incredibly important for us to spend time around others who are doing their best to pursue Jesus. We will be shaped by the people we spend the most time with. If you want to spend all your lifetime following Jesus, find others who are following Jesus, who are pursuing Jesus, and get around them, and don't lose track of them, and don't let them go. You stick close to them. Future you wants you surrounded by people pursuing Jesus. And then here's the second one. Future you wants you surrounded by people who are wise. Future you wants you surrounded by people who are wise. Future you wants today's version of you surrounded by people who live as if life is connected. Future you wants you surrounded by wise people who live as if life is connected, not surrounded by foolish people who live as if life is disconnected. Future you wants you to surround yourself with people who act as if today actually does affect tomorrow. Future you wants you to become wiser by being around people, by, by being around wise people. Future you wants you to walk with the wise and in doing so become wise. Future you wants you to avoid time with fools so that you don't suffer the consequences. Future you wants you to be intentional and to choose your relationships carefully so that you don't end up accidentally or easily being led astray. So that's the first question. Who does future you want you to be in relationship with? But here's the second question. Who does future you want you to be in relationships? Who does future you want you to be in relationships? Does future you want you to be the influenced or the influencer? Does future you want you to be wise or the foolish one in a relationship? Does future you want you to be the weak one or the strong one in a relationship? See, we act like those are chosen for us, but they are not. We get to choose who we will be in relationship, who we will be, whether or not we will be a person who's in, an in, influenced or if we'll be the person who is influencing another person. We get to decide if we're going to be weak or if we're going to be strong. We get to decide if we're going to be weak, wise or foolish. This is not determined by who your relationship with, who you're in, in relationship with. This is decided by who you choose to be. And so here's a couple things that I would love for you to choose in every relationship, in every friendship, in every relationship that you will ever be in. I would encourage you to be teachable, but not easily swayed. Teachable in that you can learn and that you can have your perspective broadened, that you can actually learn new information from someone who has information to share with you, but that you would not be easily swayed from your convictions, from your priorities, from the direction of your life, that you'd be teachable, but not easily swayed. I would encourage you to have thick skin with a soft heart to have thick skin with a soft heart, to not be easily offended because let's be honest, some of us, we have passed on healthy relationships because we got easily offended. I want you to have thick skin, not easily offended, and to have a soft heart, to be compassionate and gracious, to be compassionate and gracious. You're not easily offended and you're compassionate and gracious. I would encourage you to have encouraging lips with a wise mind. Encouraging lips with a wise mind, that you would share great advice in the most loving way possible, that you would share great wisdom 
in the most loving, grace-filled way possible. If you'll choose those three things in every relationship, I guarantee you'll build better relationships and you'll find yourself surrounded by people who are wise, by people who love Jesus, by people who also have wise minds and encouraging lips, by people who have thick skin and soft hearts, by people who are teachable but are not easily swayed. You will find yourself surrounded by the wise and you will find yourself surrounded by people who love Jesus and love you and will lead you in the paths of righteousness. Good news is that you can make the decision to choose wise in your relationships starting today. One of the best choices that I believe you can make is to get connected in a small group. And if you want to get connected in a small group, in the description of this video on both YouTube and on Facebook, in the, in the description below, we have a link to let you sign up for a small group. This, this is our small group Sunday in person. This is our small group Sunday online. We have our list of small groups online that you can decide, that you can look at and figure out what works best for your schedule, what works best in your routine. We have a few virtual small groups that are meeting on Zoom. We have a few that are going to be meeting in person, but I would encourage you to figure out in your, in your schedule, in your routine, a way to consistently choose to surround yourself with people who love Jesus and are pursuing Jesus and to surround yourself with people who are wise because you will be better for it and future you will be glad you did. So if you want to sign up for a small group, hit the description, hit the link. We'll also be posting this on a link to this on Facebook later today. But we want to make sure that you know how to sign up for, for small groups because future you will be glad that you did. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace for us. Thank you for the clarity that you give to us and the wisdom that you give to us on how to choose our relationships, how to be wise in our relationships. And God, thank you that that part of it is just simply doing that, that actually choosing our relationships. Help us to choose carefully. Help us to pay attention to who's around us. Help us to never settle for easy when you have better for us. Help us to never settle for convenient when you have people that will actually make us better. So God, help us to choose well in our relationships. Help us to choose wisely. Help us to choose carefully. Help us to pay attention to who's a voice of influence around us. Help us to pay attention to who are the people that we actually go to for advice. Help us to pay attention to who are the people that we actually go to and we, and, and we share what's going on in our lives. Help us to pay attention to that and help us to choose wisely so that we're not accidentally or casually led astray, but help us to choose carefully in those incredibly important area of our lives because we want to follow you. We want to live for you. We want to live in, in, in your wisdom. We want to use your wisdom to live well in this world. So God, help us to do that. Give us wisdom to know what to do with this. Give us courage to actually put it into practice. God, right now for someone who's watching and is feeling like they don't know if they can sign up for a small group or if they should sign up for a small group, I pray right now that you would give them the, the nudge to, to click a link and to sign up to get involved in a small group. And I pray that it would be the best decision they ever make. So God, help us to know what to do with this. Help us to put it into practice. Help us to grow in how we follow you and how we love others well. We pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen.